You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Jay Harwood. This is the latest edition of the Amazing Mets Alumni Podcast. My special guest today is my good friend, John Franco. Johnny, this podcast comes out September 11th. Could you believe uh, 19 years ago, it's been since the attacks. Uh, you remember when we were in Pittsburgh. How did you first find out what what had happened? Well, I first found out because we were supposed to have a uh, a union meeting with our head of our union, Don Fear. He was in Pittsburgh, and uh, my phone rang in my room. It was Don. Don said he had to fly back to New York because a plane crashed into the Trade Center. So I, I just assumed that it was just a small plane. Uh, once I hung up the phone with him, I put the TV on, and then I called home to speak to my wife, Rose. And while I was watching the TV, the second plane hit. So then uh, we knew something was up, and, uh, you know, as we were in Pittsburgh, uh, things just went all crazy, you know, in Washington and then right outside of Pittsburgh. And a couple hours later, all I knew was that we all checked out of the hotel, and we were in some uh, hotel up in the mountains in uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, remember we were we were next to a federal building. It was next to our hotel. Yes, and they decided that you know, at that time nobody knew what was the extent of the attacks, and we moved out there for a couple of days. What do you remember? Anything? You know, it was kind of a, a, a surreal couple of days being away from the families and really yeah. not knowing what was going on. Yeah, all I remember is when we went up to the you know up in that hotel that we were at. Uh, the whole team, you know, most of the guys would gather in the. In the lobby or the hotel bar or the or the lounge area, just uh, you know, our, our eyes were glued onto the TV and watching what was happening in New York and not knowing uh, what to do or where to go and when we were going home or when we were going to play again until uh, I think it was like two or three days later. And finally, we decided that uh, it was safe to drive home, and we wind up taking a eight hour bus ride, I believe. Do you remember? I remember distinctly, you know, go over to George Washington Bridge, yes. and everybody said, "Look right," and there were no no towers were there. What do you remember about that, Johnny? All I, all I remember is when you know the bus, you know, guys were talking, so on and so forth. But as soon as we got on the George Washington Bridge, the spotlights and the smoke and everything was—you could see it from the the bridge uh, from downtown. And uh, the guys on the left side of the bus came over to the right. We were all looking out the window. Once we got off the bridge, you didn't hear a sound from a guy from from the bridge all the way to Shea Stadium. So uh, everybody was kind of just, you know, it was kind of in shock to see it firsthand. And then uh, once we got to the stadium, you know, we we got off the bus and not knowing, you know, what was going to happen until a couple of days later. I believe we started having some uh, workouts. And after the workouts, we went uh, to the parking lot because Shea Stadium was used as a staging area to unload tractor trailers for all the supplies that the, everyone needed down at Ground Zero. And uh, all 25 guys and coaches and trainers, we were all on the tractor trailers unloading uh, uh, water, batteries, gloves, whatever whatever they needed. And, uh, you know, Bobby Valentine was like, he was our great leader, man. He, he, he was out there. Uh, yeah, if he could have stood out there 24 hours, he would have been out there. But uh, he was uh, he was out there leading us, and uh, you didn't hear a complaint from one guy. You know, we had a two-hour workout and then go out there for another two and a half, three, four hours. Uh, you know, some guys wanted to stay longer, but, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. 
every day until they gave us the okay to uh, go back to play. You know, we work out and go back to the staging area and unload trucks. Jay, that was to me that you know I was there in '86 for the World Series. You know, a couple of World Series, but for me, that was the proudest moment to be a part of that team. We had the you know perfect team for what happened. You know, like you and and Al and Robin and Todd Zeal and Mike and you know Vance Wilson and Fonzie, uh, Joe McEwing. What made that team? You know, and of course Bobby. What made that team? You know, I mean, there were so many guys who got it. You know, I mean, if it, it was a different kind of team. You know, maybe we wouldn't have gotten it, but they, the, the guys got what had to be done, and we, they yeah. did what they had to do. It was a veteran team, so the guys obviously have been around the game long enough, but this was something different, a whole nother level. Uh, you know, this is not only an attack on New York, but it's an attack on our, uh, our whole country, you know, Pittsburgh and, and Washington. So uh, the guys knew that uh, we had to do something to contribute any way we can, whether it be, you know, what we did. Uh, we also went down to Ground Zero, a bunch of us, and, and shook hands and handed out T-shirts and hats to the rescue workers. We we knew those guys were down there uh, relentless. They were getting no sleep. They were, uh, you could just see the look on their face, how tired they were. And uh, for us being down there, well, I mean, if you would have asked any guy on the team if we could go down there and help uh, – pick up bricks or metal or whatever to maybe try to find a survivor. I think everybody would have done it. I, I mean, that, that particular, you know, we were, you don't want to be leaders, but we did so many things before anybody else did. We, you know, we were the first team to really wear the hats for the rest of the year. And under your yep. leadership, we, we donated, uh, everybody donated a day's salary to, I think it was Rusty's Tops Police and Foundation Foundation. But what, yep. it was proud for me to be a part of that. I mean, what we did, and we didn't do it for publicity. I remember going down to Ground Zero three or four times. We went, you know, we, you know, with Jeff and Al and, you know, the whole group. And we just went by ourselves, no cameras or no nothing. That was made it even more special, right? I mean, the way we absolutely. Did it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We didn't want no, uh, we didn't want no pat on the back for what we were doing. We wanted to do it because we, we felt it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, the, 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 the thing with wearing their, their hats, which I remember we wore it. And then the, the the baseball told us that we couldn't wear it. And I remember Todd Zio coming to tell us. And we said that the, the baseball threatened to find us every day we wore the hats. And we as a team said, well, let them find us. And the great thing about it was uh, Mr. Wilpon, Fred Wilpon, went to bat for us and uh, got the okay for us to wear the hats the rest of the season. And I thought that was great because it showed uh, great leadership from Fred, but also how the team stuck together and, and, and felt that it was very, very necessary to wear those hats to honor the uh, the first responders. You know, I every you know M Mike's home run is a key part of the thing. But I remember even before the game, our first game back was the 17s in Pittsburgh, and that's your birthday. And Al started that game, and you got the win in that game. And that that had to be something special. The first game we played, and, you know, actually the first game we played was in Pittsburgh for you to get the win on your birthday, considering everything was going on. Yes, it was special, but the the thing I, that stuck out in my mind is I remember when we walked onto the field and the fans in Pittsburgh gave us like a standing ovation and they had signs, we're with you, we're with you, uh, New York, we had your, we wish we have your support. And, and obviously, obviously, you know, in Pennsylvania too, it got hit with that, the plane went down right outside right. of Pennsylvania. So I think as a country, we're all, all in this together, but, uh, you know, New York got hit the hardest. And if people realize it, then, uh, you know, uh, 
we were a tough bunch of teams. You know, we were a tough team. Our guys were, were tough, true and true, on the field and off the field, and it, and improved in uh, uh, the way we handled things, uh, you know, when we went around to ground zero and then all the, all the little things that we did to help out in any way we can. But uh, it, it, a lot of respect and, and uh, have a lot of love for all those teammates of mine and, and, and Bobby and the coaches because and, and even you, Jay, because you were you were part of this also. Right. And, you know, we, we, we were like a family and when family yeah. is in trouble, everybody sticks together. Yeah. So let's go. So we jump ahead to September 21st. There's a lot of, you know, who, people, a lot of people didn't want us to play. I know Jeff and Fred met with Julian, me and Giuliani decided to play, you know, they, we, to get, help the city get back to normal. What was your, remember driving to the ballpark? Uh, what was your, were you thinking a little bit of afraid? No, what you expect when you got to the park that night? Well, I didn't think, I don't think I was afraid. I was just, there was so much uncertainty. I think that the, the safest place in the, in the in the world at the time was probably New York City right after the uh, the attacks because we had so much police presence uh, in in the city, uh, you know, government presence all around the city. But when you pulled up to the stadium, it was different because when you usually pull into the players' lot, you would just pull in. This time, they had a uh, you know bomb sniffing dogs. They opened your trunk. They had a uh, uh, people checking underneath the carriage of your car, making sure nobody slipped anything that you know that's supposed to be, not supposed to be there. Once you got in the parking lot, you went in through the tunnel, and there were police in there. And you could see how they were set up. There were sniper, police snipers all around the, the, and the lights area on top of the scoreboard. And then when you got into the locker room, uh, again, a, a police officer came in with the dogs, with the, the sniffing for any explosives or any, anything that shouldn't have been in there. And it was just, uh, you know, life had changed then. So, but, you know, the game was played. And before the game, I thought it was a great gesture from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, we all lined up, and then after the national anthem, we all came out, shook hands, and hugged. And it showed how uh, we all came together as one uh, and for the right cause. And you you pitched in that game. Um, uh, I mean, what was it like coming into the game under those circumstances in, 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 against the Braves? Uh, there's a lot of emotions. Uh, you know, uh, you always want, especially, I think. We wanted to win so bad for the city that game, and uh, uh, fortunate for us, you know, uh, you know, I got in the game and we I pitched, and then Amando came in the game, and I think he gave I gave I had a runner on, and Mondo got a hit, and they took the lead, uh, and then Mike, or the game was tied, and then obviously Mike's big home run following inning, which was great because uh, you know leading up before that the stadium was very. Kind of subdued, kind of you know, laid back. Uh, fans were there, but it wasn't. You, you know, something was missing. Obviously, you know, they, they came to the game uh, to watch baseball to maybe put a band aid on, on you know, to forget what happened just for a couple hours. But when Mike hit that home run, the whole stadium got uplifted. Uh, people started jumping up, crying, hugging each other, uh, waving American flags. Uh, you know, as I talk to you now about it, I still get chills. Uh, Me too. Uh, me too, John. Yeah, you know, I say, you know, the hair stands up in your arms, but it was it was a great feeling, and and I, I'm I'm glad we won the game for New York, and I also remember Chipper Jones saying he was so glad that we won the game too. Yeah. <laughs> he was with the Braves, yeah. <laughs> you know. And we we you know after the game, I remember the the the, the players stood in the, in the in the dugout 
the kids of the firemen, the police came in and signed autographs. You know, I was in Johnny. People might not remember. I mean, after the game, you know, the, the Mets and this group didn't really stop. We aligned ourselves with Tuesday's children. Uh, we had, yep. we still made visits to the firehouse and the police. So the guys, you know, after the rest of the year and probably for you know for three or four years, you were there with us. We we kept going with this stuff. Yeah, we it was great. I mean, listen, we we did anything, especially for the kids, you know, the, who lost their parents in the in the in the trade center, you know, firemen, policemen, even even the workers who who worked there, you know, just the ordinary people going to work to put food on the table for their family. Uh, you know, whenever the kids came to the stadium, uh, you know, I made sure that the players uh, went out there and said hello, signed autographs, take pictures, just to take the the hurt away from the kids you know we're losing uh you know one parent maybe two parents so uh it was it was it was important for me especially being a new york guy and growing up there uh it, it was a little bit more special to me to do that uh to help out any way i can and i continue to help out all through the years when i was still there and even once i retired and i i try to help out as much as i can uh to give back uh I had a great mentor and who taught me how to give back and which was Rusty Staub. He was Rusty the best. Staub started, best. Yeah, Rusty Rust, Rusty started the the widows you know, firemen, policemen and I remember when I was with Cincinnati and Rusty would come into the locker room and ask me, "Hey John, you think you can go out and uh, sign some autographs?" Right. And I said, "Of course." And then I asked a couple of players on Cincinnati and they all came out, but then once I got traded to the Mets, uh, Rusty, I was Rusty's go-to guy. He'd come to me and ask me, could I get a couple of guys out there? And to a man, every guy went out there except for the starting pitcher. And the guys went out there, whether it was, you know, if they were in the lineup, they were out there for 10 minutes. And the guys who weren't in the lineup would stay out there until game time and take photos. So, uh, you know, Rusty deserves a lot of credit for what he, uh, what he did for the firemen and policemen. And I, and they continue to do it, even though Rusty is gone now. But, uh, we try to help out and follow and, and those footsteps that Rusty created. So, John, skip uh, uh, 2000, uh, 9 11, 221. The, the Yankees played the Mets at, uh, at City Field. That should be kind of a very emotional time in the city. You know, 20 years with the two New York teams playing, that should be a pretty uh, special night. Yeah, it'll be pretty special, but, you know, uh, during the day, they'll have the ceremonies, which they usually do. It'll be kind of somber, but uh, at night, it'll give the fans in the city of New York something to uh, take their minds off on, uh, the, of the terrorist attack just for a little while and watch the Mets and Yankees play. And I think it'll be something, something special for the for the you know both players on both teams. Or half those guys, well, mostly mo- mostly all those guys on both teams, probably weren't even here when that happened. Right. Uh, some of them probably weren't even born. Who the hell knows? <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I, I think it'll be special for this, the, the both teams, both organizations, and, and, the, and the city itself. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, every, a lot of people know your records, Johnny. You know, over 400 saves, most saves for a left-handed pitcher, you know, over 1,000 games. For me, one of the records shows what kind of a special guy you are. You, you know, 14 consecutive years of Santa Claus. You know, one guy who got it, you know, on the field was great, but off the field was greater too. And hopefully in the not-too-distant future, you'll take your rightful place in the Hall of Fame. That's where you belong, my friend. So hopefully well, that'll come true for you. Well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. You know, I always uh, – growing up as a Met fan and uh, and seeing some of my, my childhood idols, and, you know, unfortunately Tom Seaver just passed away, but he was one of my guys that I loved to watch. and 
Tug McGraw, and I always watched the way they handle themselves. I had a had a great uh, uh, mentor in Cincinnati, and a guy named Tom Hume who taught me how to act on and off the field. So uh, along the way, you meet some great people, and you always want to give back and try to do the best you can on the field and especially off the field because I think it's important yes. to give back to the community where you where you yeah uh, you, you do a great job with you through many years, Jerry. Thank thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, Jay. You got it. Anytime, Jay. All right, bye. Bye.